This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Melancholic progressive metalers Amorphous unleashed their latest offering entitled Queen of Time on May 18th via Nuclear Blast. Featuring the singles The Bee and Wrong Direction, visit NuclearBlast.com for exclusive vinyl colors and pre-order bundle. See Amorphous on tour this September with Dark Tranquility and Moonspell. Life has mysteries. What would it feel like to be a dog? So does heavy metal. Say what? Unsolved Metal Mysteries with Vince Neilstein. This week, is there more than one Andrew W.K.? How did the Andrew W.K. conspiracy theory start? The initial Andrew W.K. conspiracy theory started because uh, in in the liner notes for Andrew W.K.'s first album, I Get Wet, which is the one that uh, I think most people know him for, uh, there was a production credit for somebody named Steve Mike. There was some speculation at the time that Steve Mike may have been Dave Grohl or that Dave Grohl had something to do with the Andrew W.K. projects, maybe as a writer or producer or mastermind behind the character or something like that. But I'm not really sure who started (laughs) the conspiracy theories, but, you know, it's like it's one of those things that once it starts, you know, it just picks up a life of its own and people start inserting their own crazy shit and it's just grown into this thing, which, which actually seems to have died off in recent years. Like, I don't see as many people talking about it anymore. But uh, for a few years there, it was pretty big. I think the first sort of wave of Andrew W.K. conspiracy theory was in 2005. Somebody put uh, like a side-by-side photo comparison in an effort to show that there were actually different quote-unquote actors playing Andrew W.K., you know, saying that there was a switch in the person performing as Andrew W.K., Why does this conspiracy theory make sense for Andrew W.K.? Andrew W.K. is kind of an interesting character. You know, he's not your typical rock star. Uh, You know, he's, he's, he's very unique. He's, everybody knows him, you know, he likes to party, he's very positive, uplifting lyrics, he wears all white, um, and he's kind of got a little bit of an air of mystery around him, so he's almost the perfect kind of person for there to be a conspiracy theory about. Do you think Andrew W.K. helped the conspiracy theory keep surviving? Andrew W.K. definitely helped the conspiracy theory uh, keep surviving. He so so after the initial 2005 conspiracy theory craziness, or actually, I mean, it probably started even before then with the whole Steve Mike thing and uh, in the liner notes, like you know, no one ever figured out who Steve Mike is. That's the thing. You know, did did Andrew WK go by that name at one point, or was it somebody else, or is it a real person? Is it a pseudonym? Like nobody knows who Steve Mike is. Anyway, so the. There was all that conspiracy stuff up front, and then it kind of came back around 2010 when he was releasing a new album, and he just rolled with it. Um, and in all the press around that time, people were asking him about the conspiracy theories, and he kind of just gives vague answers. Like he doesn't really—he's kind of like a politician. He doesn't really directly address the question. Uh, you know, he'll just give some some vague answer like like, yeah i have many personalities and they come out in the character you know like he just doesn't really he doesn't answer the question so he's he's been an integral part of perpetuating this what does vince think 
I don't know, man. Like, it's weird. It, it's definitely, it's probably just one guy. You know, it seems like there's all this other stuff, too, like people giving firsthand accounts on the web of, you know, experiences they had with Andrew WK that are slightly mysterious. Like, there was this show in New Jersey with the radio station WSOU where he, like, showed up wearing a hood and no one saw him or spoke to him and you know it's like all these like weird circumstances but um i don't know you know he probably just shaved and lost some weight around 2005 uh it's probably the same dude if it is if the conspiracy theory is true it's probably not true to the ridiculous extent that some people have made it to be you know maybe there's who knows like maybe there were multiple people playing the andrew wk character uh, you know, like he was a major label artist. He's the kind of character that a label that's invested in him would want to protect that investment if for some reason something happened to him, you know, or he didn't want to do it anymore or something. You know, and there's the possibility that Andrew W.K. is, is just a, a construct, uh, you know, manufactured in a boardroom, so to speak, not unlike a pop band that's just put together. But who knows? Is there more than one Andrew W.K.? I feel like right now there's one Andrew W.K. Uh, it's definitely been the same dude ever since I've gone down this crazy conspiracy theory rabbit hole. But before that, you know, was there a swap in 2005? I don't know. Mystery kind of solved. Until next time, this has been Vince Neilstein's Metal Mysteries. <laughs> It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. How's everybody doing? It is your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by Brandon Gooch Hahn. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. And I am on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> Rise to effect. Uh, this week, guys, big interview, bucket list interview for me for sure. Mark Morton from Lamb of God. We're here to talk about Burn the Priest's new covers record, Legion 20, which is coming out this May 18th, guys. We'll be playing a track off that, but make sure you pre-order it. And before we get to that interview with me and Mark, we love to talk about the Metal Sucks News. Big story this week. Huge story. Amazing story. Monstrous. This story just blew my mind. Bill and Ted 3, greenlit, gonna happen, Keanu Reeves, and that other guy. It's totally yeah. <laughs> Dude, how would you feel being the other guy? He, he, he's Alex like, Winters? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow, you knew him. I know him. Yeah. I, I actually have a movie of his called Freaked. That he directed, and, and then he, he does, fell off the. He does stand up. Does I didn't, I didn't yeah, know he's a comic. I didn't oh, okay. know he was a comic. But, yeah. um, How would you feel if you're Alex Winters? You've been okay. Look, as much fun as we make fun of Bill and Ted, you know the fact that he's in one of these movies that everyone remembers and they don't know that he's doing stand up. It's like <laughs> or, damn. Be, or being a duo in a movie like that, and then having your co star just have the biggest movie career of all time. Yeah, no shit. He's fucking Neo. He's John Wick. He's fucking in everything. He was the last. No, that yeah, no. 
Was it Tom Cruise the last That was the last samurai, Tom Cruise. Yeah, that was yeah. Tom Cruise. Never that's mind. A, that's the wrong dude. But whatever. Same generic. But I'll tell you this right now. He pointed us. He, there was a samurai movie that he was You in. know what I'm talking yeah. about. The first thing I noticed is that Bill and Ted, 30 years later, they aged very well. Yeah. Keanu and Alex look very good. There's a whole internet <laughs> Reddit following that believes that Keanu Reeves is a vampire. Dude. Well, Keanu Reeves. Then he's feeding off Alex Winters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does not look good. <laughs> <laughs> he does look good. <laughs> no. I'm just saying that of the two, Keanu looks a lot more. Yeah, you're like Bill S. Preston Esquire, and I'm Ted. What the fuck happened to and you? <laughs> and what, like, I don't understand. Like, what is what can possibly is it? Are you going to try and like say that now they're adults and they have to well, go on an excellent event? The worst part about it is, is you are taking something that happened in the '80s. And you're going to try and bring that fucking humor to now. 89. So the, the but edge it was of written, the 80s. But, I mean, but it was written in the 80s. It would be like a, a let's, let's uh, you know, redo in living color like TV. It and would it be, would be horrible. I, I know, dude. This is why. But this is where we're at now with movies. Yes, I know. That's what's This sad. is where we're at is that now that they're done remaking the great movies into mediocre movies, they have to find the mediocre movies and kind of like just anything yeah. that has an audience. It, let's take a mediocre movie and make it mediocre you know it's just like let's but yeah let's but this time we're gonna have cgi and no george carlin pass this is the problem with corporatizing art man it's like nostalgia has this built-in market that you can already tap into so why am i gonna try and make something new why am i gonna push myself to think outside the box when i could just tap into a built-in market and make millions of dollars just on the fucking negative press alone and and that's exactly you nailed it is that when you have a built-in market now it's easy to green light something because it's not it's not a risk really i mean say the budget for Bill and Ted 3. I don't know what it is. Say it's going to be $40 million. They got a good director on it. They got this guy, Dean Parasot, who did Galaxy Quest. So this guy, this guy's going to know, he knows how to handle some material like this is what I'm saying. So you're going to have, you know, something with a built-in market and you're going to put in $30 million. Can you not make that guaranteed worldwide box office? Yeah. They're not, I mean, if the budget for this movie is $150 million, okay, there's going to be a problem. If it's only 30 million, they can make that back. They're going to break even. What do you think the budget would be? Fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much you gotta pay without popcorn uh, and a un- lifetime supply of Little Caesars pizzas. Exactly. Look, all right, we're looking at a phone booth. That's gonna cost a hundred, and that's pretty much it. And we're, looking, we're looking at Keanu Reeves. That's gonna cost ten million. We're looking at Alex Winters. That's two fifty. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, so. it's gonna it's gonna fall under the same syndrome that Ghostbusters did. People will pay into it to hate it. People will purchase it to hate it. But the People will rent it I and see it. To hate that, it. I disagree with that. Well, with the original, with the original guys, yeah. yeah. So if it was it, Ghostbusters three with Bill Murray and you know, true, the other That's guys. Different. Yeah, wow. you're right. Come on, Dan Aykroyd. It's Harold gonna, Ramis. Well, not he, him, pa- but, I mean, he yeah, passed, but, but it's like yeah, yeah Ernie Hudson and, and and Dan Aykroyd. It's gonna be more. Well, expectations are gonna be higher, and it's gonna be you know. I, th- I would. I think people think will pay money to hate it. I Where think even if, even if no Moranis? one's interested in it, people will pay money to hate on it. Well, you, you might be right about that. I think the thing is with the Ghostbusters, though, is that's exactly why everyone hated it. You're yeah. taking you're taking something and you're replacing these iconic characters with these chicks, like, and then and then on top of that, let's face it, the fact that they replaced them with women, a lot of fucking male nerds were just like, what the fuck? you know, women can't fight ghosts. What is that shit? Women can't fight ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I totally could see somebody. <laughs> Right yeah. on their yeah. Are you kidding me? Dude, fighting, fighting ghosts is a man's job. Everyone knows that. Yeah. So if they replaced Bill and Ted with like two female characters, 
Uh, who? Yeah, who? How many women are named Bill and Ted? Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, Christ. it was easy yeah. to fem up the Ghostbusters names, but you can't fem up Bill and Ted. Yeah, exactly. What are you going to go, Billy and T- yeah. Ted you're Lena? Gonna, you're like, all right, Kirsten Wig, uh, grow out your sideburns, go. <laughs> First off, Billy is a girl's name. That's true, it is. And then Ted can't no no (laughs) no i'm just i'm not into it i don't i don't i don't want anymore i'm done there's a few remakes that i really loved that i they're guilty pleasures of mine that i that i jumanji i very much i actually dug the jumanji remake loved it i thought it was good it's a guilty pleasure of mine now it's in my it's in my arsenal of movies i own that i will love forever and but i'm gonna say this isn't a remake this is a sequel just yes. 30 years later. See, and every, that's, and that's like the bad Santa 2 sequel, every which I like. Every time. Liked, every but time it's this the, It was like decades away. I feel like they think there's a built-in audience, but like the built-in audience, when Bill and Ted mattered, we were kids. Yeah. Yes. I mean, all, and metal was king. Yeah, we were kids. Time. And now it's like, are we going to go watch a movie as adults watching? I don't know, dude. If it's rated R, that'd be cool. If it was like a rated, if they're like, let's make, because what I loved about this is going to be such a, they would say this the is going to be word such a left movie? turn. If but they said the F word in that movie and then air guitar with that, <laughs> that would fucking, fucking excellent. Change. Dude, but they would, they would drop that shit all the time. They were like, there were so many homophobic slurs in the first yeah. two Bill and Ted movies. Well, you know? th- this is going to be a hard left. Was but, there? But yeah. the, the original Muppets wow. we grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. I absolutely adored the remake for television. Lots of homophobic slurs in the Muppets. No. But, <laughs> that's my, a lie. But my point is, is that they updated the format of the Muppets television show to fit what the kids that grew up with the Muppets would like, which is now it's, the, it's this office-style show with the Muppets talking about how difficult it is being right. on the Muppets show. What I want to know... Remake it and make it relevant to my life now. But see, the reason that worked, if I may, is because now adults will take their children to go see the Muppets and be like, hey, it's nostalgia for an adult and a kid gets to see a Muppet. So it works on two that, levels. That Muppet Bill remake Ted. show was not for kids. <laughs> oh, really? It no. was very grown up. Yeah, it was very grown up. Dude, Kermit the Frog showed his dick, Paul. Yeah, and there's like a... Was there's it big? Like, it was green. There's like a whole <laughs> interracial thing where Fozzie's dating a human and her parents don't like it. That's like, not interracial. That's yeah, bestiality. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Jocelyn, you better, you better correct yeah. yourself. I'm just saying, I, yeah. think, I think that Muppet, so, Muppet yeah. speaking English in there. It's okay. You know, it's that, okay to fuck someone that's not your color. Not okay to fuck a bear. What that's I mean, what we're saying. What I mean. Not the same thing. I think that's the first. I, I don't think there's anybody out there that's listening. If your daughter's getting plowed by a bear and you write her out of the will, no one's going to judge What I her. meant was the classic comedy, look who's coming to dinner scene, but with Fozzie Bear. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, you didn't mean that at all. Yes, yeah. it is. Exactly what I mean. Waka, waka. You, you watched it. That's exactly how they treated Fozzie Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. I don't know where we went, but go ahead. Well, you have one more thing, Brandon, on this one? Well, I'm just saying, like, here's another thing, too, about the Bill and Ted movie. Okay. Remember how they were supposed to go into the future? That's now. Yeah. Like, what well, are they? Like, that's what? probably the script, though. Okay. But what I'm saying is, though, is that, that remember when they tra- flew to the future and, and it was like they, they had like this council of elders and they were like slowly air guitaring and yeah. that's what the future was supposed to look like? That's in this day and age right now. They're, it's like when you watch the, it's like when you watch uh, Back to the Future and they're talking about 1999 or yeah, whatever. But, oh, my God. But Gooch, you know? there is legitimately air guitar world championships now yes and it's the saddest thing (laughs) in the world (laughs) i'm gonna tell you right now if you have ever been an air guitar groupie you're sadder than a video game groupie it's like whoa yeah dude whoa at least the esports guy get like sponsorships and shit (laughs) no shit air guitar my god fucking like learn how to play for christ's sake god made rock and roll for you and you (laughs) 
I hate you. you. I hate you. God made rock and roll for you guys. Thank Moving you, on. Thanks, God. <laughs> that's a bogus journey reference, you guys. That's that was actually a, a Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Okay, I'm glad you guys yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. we got it. Otherwise, it, it came out of nowhere. It was during the credits, no, by the way. It, it wasn't but... played during the movie. It was during the credits. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to get us off interracial bestiality. Thank you. Listen, that's not what Actually, I was saying. Actually, it's just, how about this, Pete? It's just called bestiality. Any- it's not interracial. It's not like, oh, she's fucking a polar bear. You know, you fuck grizzlies and grizzlies only. You no, know? I mean, you, okay, listen, there's oh, people Jesus. out there that saw the Muppet Show that know exactly what the fuck I'm talking I'm about. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> we'll move on. I promise. <laughs> I have no problems with women fucking bears. Okay? Exactly, yeah. Let's bring up some more shows that, have, that nobody has any idea what happened. <laughs> so remember the one episode of Small Wonder? So. Okay, that's only the Muppet Show's only two years old. Calm down. Next story, guys. So uh, we love talking about baby metal. Not really, but this week in baby metal news, I find this hilarious. There's always something new with baby metal. Oh. I find this hilarious. Uh, one of them got a driver's license. Let's go buy one of those babies' first moments catalogs and start filling it out for baby metal. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> One of the stories this week is that uh, Yui Metal may no longer be in Baby Metal. Now, what that means is that one of the founding or founding girls that are in the band just isn't on stage or performing anymore, and there's been no mention of her not being on stage. So I guess uh, people are asking, hey, where's this... Yeah. It, where's one of the singers? Yeah, somebody's the like, band? "Hey, where's Yuri?" And you're like, "You look like you're hungry." What? You know, Yui. <laughs> Yui metal. Yui metal. I, yeah. ho- I hope I'm probably saying it wrong. It's mm-hmm. Y-U-I. Yui, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> that those those are the name of Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Huey metal in the news. Exactly. Yeah, their manager is Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> and, and and Huey and Louie are there, and there's no Dewey, and nobody mentions that Dewey's exactly. head or there's gone. Like, Whoa! What happened? What, there's yeah, Huey that, Louie. That be, that's what's weird to me is that like you just stop. You like you don't like to just be like nah. Yeah. Like let's, I think what happened is what what happened was is Huey developed into a woman, and they're like you're out of the band. <laughs> well, she's she got 18. her period. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing I found out by reading this article. Uh, uh, there, one, one girl's 20. This, this girl is 18. So what could possibly have happened where they just completely ignore the fact that she's not around anymore? Fucked her boyfriend. Uh, oh, you're thinking pregnant? You can't no, be in, no, I'm no, thinking she fucked Whoa. someone else. You can't boyfriend. be in baby metal pregnant, can you? <laughs> yeah, that exactly. just sounds yeah. wrong to baby, me on that yeah, yeah, yeah. You got baby metal making babies? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> they put the baby in the band. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's her new drummer. So she's been shunned because she's pregnant. <laughs> no, I mean, like, she probably fucked someone's boyfriend or something. She pissed somebody off. And so they just completely, they don't even uh, Dude, announce that she left the off, band. These are 21 and 18-year-old girls. Jocelyn, you used to be that age. You fought over dumb, dumb. Dumb shit back in those days. Always dudes. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. So there you go. So now we have we have a woman that's speaking on behalf of all women. Yep. It's and, dudes. And I am just like all women. I'm like an average woman. Everything about me is normal. Norm, right. Totally normal woman. Right. <laughs> With normal experiences. Yeah, exactly. And so are they, you know, yeah. even though they were in a metal band at 12 years so, old. But so average. They're, they're just so average and regular. Can you imagine this happening with any other band? No. Can, can it, you imagine just like, you know, I don't know. Go and see Lamb of God, and and you know Willie Adler's not on stage. Yeah, or you go and see nobody him. mentions why Willie Adler's not on stage right. for like a whole tour. Yeah, like, yeah can you, you imagine that? You go see Kiss, <laughs> and there's a black dude in Paul Stanley's makeup, and they don't mention any fucking reference to him. <laughs> it's like you know, I, I, you're right though. I mean, that's but that's why this that's why strange. nobody that's why nobody takes that band seriously. Because if you no one takes if that you don't band even seriously. take yourself seriously enough to tell your fans, be like, I'm not going to be here anymore, for, to be like they won't notice. Right <laughs> like, there, and on top of that too, this, I these, mean, there is a 
enough people in pigtails on stage for me not to notice if any of them are yeah, That's exactly <laughs> what I think they're trying yeah. to do. They have backup dancers. I yeah. saw yeah. a video and I'm like, they're probably just hoping everybody assumes one of those backup dancers is. Yeah. Th- yeah. Or the fact that they know their fans are just pervy old white dudes no shit. Yeah. that don't care which one's on stage. That's generalizing Jocelyn. Okay. It could be true. A good 98% of their fans. It, it, that's generalizing okay, whoa, Jocelyn. Whoa, whoa, You whoa. are throwing a low ball figure at 98%. Jesus, call Settle down. Maybe they just know their demographic and they're like, they won't fucking care. Well, what I'm saying is always like with, with the two other girls, it's like, you know, they would always come out with like two pigtails. They probably did came out with like three pigtails so they could make up for the heck of pigtails of Yuri. I don't know. Or maybe like, she turned 20 and it was like, you keep saying Yuri, Yuri, it's Yui. Yui. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that was a problem. Maybe the other girls had pigtails. That's Russian it. baby metal. Yuri. <laughs> Sorry, okay. okay. Dude, fuck Yui. Hello, okay? I'm Yuri. <laughs> I am Yuri metal from Russian baby metal. Baby metal cover band. Hello, I'm Yuri metal. I'm Yuri <laughs> That's baby. probably what happened. Those other girls had pigtails and Yui was like, I want a French braid. And they were like, out, get out. Dude, it, I mean, honestly, the, keep in mind too, these, like, Jap- Japan, it's a very different culture out yeah. there. You can so, just get rid of people in bands and I there. don't know. I'm just saying, like, is, is, uh, maybe this, sh- maybe that's how shit works in the work marketplace. Okay, I don't think or that has like anything that. to do with Japanese. Culture. I don't know. I'm just saying, I've never been there. You know, they they, they, they like to wear white, white shirts and ties. My mom graduated high school there, and I bet she's never told me any stories about people just getting rid of people. Well, there is the yakuza. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yui is part of the yakuza. She's like, you know what? I got made to the. I got bumped up to Don. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, next to the next story, guys. So uh, yeah, that's that's an odd thing. The next story, um, another Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's an odd thing. <laughs> that's an odd thing. <laughs> In racial bestiality. God damn it! <laughs> right. Right that's back not to what that. I said. That's not what I meant. I know, but uh, you I know. know. I know. I'm never going to live it down. Now. So, uh, so great. <laughs> not like- Yuri, Yui, Yui. Thank you. So- Every- everything's wrong today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get a 12-year-old Japanese girl's name's right. Hey, I just Pete, can't get it. Nuclear. She's, she's 18. 18. Nuclear. Boom. I can say nuclear now. Look at you, buddy. Been, That's wrong. Pregnant. It's nuclear. Fuck everybody. <laughs> Nuc- I hate you guys. Nuck liar. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why Jocelyn did the, the ad this week. <laughs> so, anyways, guys, so Guns N' Roses, as we talked about, they're doing this Appetite of Destruction. We didn't talk about it. We made a bit about it last week. Uh, re-release, and one thing that everybody noticed also without a press release or any knowledge is that they did finally... Is this the Locked and Loaded? Yeah, the, the Locked and Loaded one. Yeah. So, yeah. so it has the, the, the Guns N' Roses lie, if, lies in its entirety, but they did take out the controversial song One in a Million, without telling anybody, without saying anything. It's just not on the box oh, That's what my wife and I slow danced to at our wedding. No, it is not. No, it's not. I lied. I can read some of the lyrics. Please Which do. are in the article please. if you slow dance to please, it. Please, please read them. I can't, actually. I just read them out loud. Yep, and don't. I can't say you can't say You didn't read it out loud. No, I read it in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I can't yeah, exactly. say these things out loud anymore. Yeah, this yeah, is 2018. Okay, so what was <laughs> what was the word? Like, give us an example, though. The N-words and uh, pretty much like homophobic oh. slurs. Uh, homophobic yeah. slurs, racial slurs. They're, they're insinuating that immigrants are trying to create, you know, chaos and all kinds of shit. In the, well, in the duh. <laughs> <laughs> but what what is what? The, Whoa, Guns of Roses is fucking soothsayers. It's it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Of course, it's bullshit. Let's go with this though. This song is obviously offensive. 
Obviously. It was it was released back in 89, 88, whenever it was released. You mean you mean a band that wrote a song that used to love her, but now I, I had to kill her? Okay, they, well, that's a little less offensive, I think, than this song. Oh, it's nobody cares if women die. Nah. It's, it's only slurs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yui's, probably, Yui's probably dead. Baby Metal didn't mess the tour dates. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, <laughs> Baby Metal got signed because she got involved with the Yakuza. They're like, oh, she's uh, dead, and that's exactly. why no one cares. Oh, my God. They just sent Yui's head to... The Yakuza sent Yui's head to the rest of the kids. Women can die, but you can't you can't call her any kind of slur. Exactly. But what what is dangerous about uh, not including this song without at least letting people know is that history is being rewritten here. Yeah. Right? When you rewrite history, even if you make a mistake, you can't rewrite history, A. That's why everybody noticed this. It's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Right? Um, when you do that, it's it's just a dangerous thought process. Like, which is weird that they would. First off, it's weird that they would write a song because Slash is half black. Yeah. Well, you no, know what I, I mean, I like, mean, and he said he said that he was not happy to put this song out there. He originally, was offended originally in an article. He said that, but Axel was adamant on having it. Regardless, obviously. <laughs> What do you mean? Why are you laughing? Because you Axel. see Axel like, come on, dude, it's art. <laughs> and Slash is like, look yeah. at my face. Exactly. Do you see my face? Like, I know I'm pissing all over your heritage and everything, but come on, bro. We got to break a couple eggs. Wouldn't it be crazy to like be a fl- like hear a that actual the- conversation when they did talk about this? Be well, like, Slash said that he he told Axel he didn't want to do it, and then Axel was just like hammering him on it, and then he finally just acquiesced because Axel was so passionate about it. Yeah. So I can only Axel imagine. Like an eight ball and let him fuck his girlfriend. They're like, here, bang out Stephanie Seymour. That might actually be the way to get this song on here is an eight ball in in a, and I don't, I'm not going to say Stephanie here, but you know, Slash is the only one that's kept my respect at this point because at least he's upfront and honest about it. Well, I think every, do, I, I we think, don't know if he was or not. I mean, it's like, here's the deal when he says adamantly, like, try opposed to it, he might have been like, Axel, come on, bro. And then Axel was like, come on, bro. And then Slash was like, you got a point. Yeah, but, you know? he's, yeah, but he's Slash. That's his adamantly opposed. Okay, you're yeah. screaming as Slash's, come on, bro. Like, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He's totally very calm. Yeah. <laughs> and when the song was obviously released and written, it was a completely different time. Still not okay. Still when not okay on any yeah. level. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's okay. But like to erase stuff like that from the history books. It just, it just, it just seems look, to me... Look, it bothers me. Like, look, I don't think it should be re-released, but I think they should just not have included lies at all. That whole record. Just don't even put it on this locked and loaded version. Yeah. You know, and, this- and release something else because... That is a part of that record. That's a part of that record. It was a part of the process. They yeah. needed. To, look, here's the here's the thing. And people still listen to it. I'm sure. I'm sure a ton of alt writers walk down the aisle to that song. Alt writers. <laughs> <laughs> what do they write about? Alt tool writers. Alt- Alternative writers. writers. No. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Kennedy from uh, it's, it's yeah, alternative nation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alt writers is that a term? I know what that means. It means yes. like the, the yeah, skinhead yeah. dudes. Yeah, yeah tiki, right? torch, tiki torch whites. And but the thing is, is like uh, I, I think we saw this happen when a bunch of the psychos went after the Mark Twain novels. Yeah, you know, and they got rid of the N word, which and which really kills me because. Because it's your favorite word? It's my favorite. You guys, I just Jesus. walk around. I just walk around and I say it at the drop of a hat. You know? Just the sensitivity with yep. which you said. It really kills me. But, I say it, but when I say it. You I, guys would eventually get us fired and now yeah, it's over. Yeah. But when I say it, though, I tip my hat and everyone's like, that guy's got it. You know, he's cool. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. So <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, know. I was trying to make it out like something gentlemanly or whatever, you know, but, but, wait, but the thing is, though, is they, they did the same thing with Mark Twain novels yeah. and which really, which really upset me because for starters, Mark Twain is wild, widely recognized as one of the greatest writers of all time. There are prizes 
named after him. There are awards named after him that they give other writers. And the fact that they went in there and they're like, I don't like this word. The fact that they did it shows just, it's a scary thing because I think you need to keep that word in there because you have to give an idea of what the time frame was like. The, uh, the you know, the idea, the, just like what Pete was saying, the, the rewriting of history and stuff, that is a scary fucking you thing. You cannot teach somebody something is wrong if you censor them from it. Yeah. You yeah. cannot. There's no way to teach somebody the perspective if you censor them from shit. It's like that fucking Black Mirror episode was to the T, man, where she has the chip implanted and everything gets censored by her parents. Oh, yeah. You don't learn I don't know what, what is that. Well, well, it's well, in popular Netflix well, show. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, bad, it, yeah it's bad. popular. Pete doesn't know it. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's like you're, you're saying you can't watch Django Unchained on TBS. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. 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 Okay. Because you have to. There has to be an actual right. now. Now just documentation imagine, of that. Now just imagine if they got rid of the end bomb in that movie mm-hmm. and how watered down. You wouldn't hate it's just 90 minutes of Jamie Foxx riding a horse. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like you wouldn't, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't hate just that. 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Of Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I'll watch that. Yeah, whatever. Hey, I mean, man. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely it's watch got, that. It's a good gallop. He is, but, yummy, uh, but 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 the thing is, though, is like you take that uh, you take that word out. All of a sudden, you you completely rewrite the movie. Now, the one thing in Mark Twain, though, is like they were using it as nonchalant, like it was no big deal. But well, again, it was that was the time frame, though. Right. You know, like one of the characters was N word Jim. Okay, if you rewrite and history, like, we repeat it. Yeah, so exactly my point. Exactly yeah. my point, and that's what they're doing right now. And it's very it, the the. This this insane this insane liberal way of thinking where it's like let's just let's just tuck away all this nasty history. It's like no, dude, you need it to be there so we can learn from it. And on the flip side of that, you would think that generations ahead would not ever experience this kind of uh, language or hatred, and then it wouldn't survive. But that is also not possible. Right? Discuss, not censor, man. Discuss, not censor. If you hide things from people, they never ever learn. Never. It's this fucking, it's like kids these days, man. You fucking hide them in a house and you put a computer in front of them. They don't learn shit about the world. And that's why they're fucking eating shit and burning themselves. No, but they learn shit about porn. They do. They lo- they know a lot about unhealthy sexual habits. <laughs> yeah, very bad. <laughs> is that how you treat a woman? I'm going to try that. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> is that how you treat a woman? Oh, they like to throw shit in their face. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's how awesome. I knew she was the one. Prom was weird. <laughs> Prom was weird. Yeah, exactly. Here's a turd. I thought I was going to get a corsage. <laughs> I put a bow on it. It's weird on your wrist. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's my favorite part. I just love to leave Pete speechless. speechless. Just, yeah, uh, it's what I, I am utterly for. speechless this episode. It's what I strive. I mean, we've for. covered bestiality. Mm-hmm. We covered race relations. Mm-hmm. We uh, we covered. We, I think we, we made we the world sh- a better place. We shit on millennials, kind of. We shit a lot on first millennials. off. They need to be shit on. Yeah, like, we let Axel Rose know that he. Kind of sold out, even though he should have sold out a long time ago. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I don't even know what the lesson it's of like the Axel Rose thing not, is. It's like not selling out. It's just like being like, it's just no. It's selling. It's out. being a fucking pussy and being like, well, let's just not talk about it and then pretend like hope nobody notices. That's selling out. That's it's selling out to a T to me. And it's like, look, man, here's my thing. We selling all- out to me would be like if they made a dubstep record. Okay. That'd be selling out to me. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah. I don't think. Get me Diplo. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but but you don't think that's selling out? No, I'm kidding. I, oh. I think I think it's selling out. And look, I understand why they did it. But again, look, man, that was something you wrote. That was who you were. Yeah, that was who we are. And on top of that, look, man, 
We listened to it. We probably didn't agree with it. We're like, ah, whatever. He's doing something artsy. Who the fuck cares? You know? But again, in this hypersensitive day and age that we're in right now, I don't blame him for doing it. But at the same time, dude, you made it. You wrote that song. You made money off it. You spent that fucking money on a bunch of fucking fun shit. Blow and hookers. Blow and hookers and parties for fucking days. And so many braided hair chains. And lasagna. (laughs) And lasagna. Oh, a lot of lasagna. And bedanas. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you spent that fucking money. Own up to it now, dude. Own up to it. I don't even think he needs to own up to it. I think he needs to be like, look, this track isn't doesn't represent us anymore. We are taking it off. That's owning that's, up to it. But my, okay, that is yeah, by that saying that is owning yes, up to owning it. Up oh, to yeah. it. Okay. But what I'm saying is though is look, man, and this is and this is the one thing that I hate about these these crazy hyper hyper liberal society that's been going on is because look, he was a young man when he wrote that. Lots of time has passed since that album came out. Lots and lots of time. We've all changed. We've all grown. You have to understand that. When you know, and the thing is, though, is when you're an artist, there it's on display. Your stupidity, your ignorance is on display. Yeah. At least own up to it. Like what Pete was saying. Look, man, it's not who I am. If you guys are gonna get mad at me for it, look, I was twenty something years old. I was probably gacked out of my fucking mind right. when I wrote that song. It, you made no, it. No, you got to, I mean, it's like, it's like cheating on your girlfriend and you're texting the girl you're cheating on with your iPhone, but you forget you have them synced to your, your desktop computer and you delete the text messages, but then your girlfriend's in, in the office like, um, I can still see the shit. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> That's how it feels to me. It feels like trying to hide something that is obvious to everyone. Okay. Right, that sounded autobiographical. <laughs> no like, shit, right? That was such a specific yeah. example. Is that a movie going to be featured See, on the, Oxygen? I'm not going to lie. The only, time I, the only time I ever got somebody cheating was in the early 2000s. So we still had flip phones. Exactly. So it wasn't as She nice. just watched Look, an episode of Snaps <laughs> I and did. just like yeah. re- rehashed it on our show. Don't what? forget to catch Jaws' made for TV movie on Hallmark. Steve's fine. He's fine. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Before we get to our interview here with Mark Morton, this May, Swedish death metalers Leak will release their new album, Carnage, via Metal Blade Records, featuring members of Catatonia, Bloodbath, and Witchery. Carnage delivers more of what fans received on their 2015 debut. Mass Funeral Evocation. It's an album where you can expect everything from slow and bone-crushing songs to fast and furious riffs. Purchase Carnage now at MetalBlade.com slash leak. Once again, MetalBlade.com slash leak. And now, guys, it's time. Here's my interview with Mark Morton from Lamb of God. Hey, everybody. It's Petter with the Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Mark Morton from Burn the Priest, Lamb of God. We're talking about Burn the Priest's covers of record Legion 20, which is coming out this May 18th, guys. So uh, let's get the uh, let's let's get a, a fun question out of the way right away. So, which name does Mark Morton prefer, Burn the Priest or Lamb of God? Um, <laughs> well, now I, you know, with some time and some perspective, I have I have a great appreciation for them both. Um, but I'd say overall, you know, I I was I think definitely on the team of changing the name when it went from burn the priest to lamb of God. I think, um, I think, uh, you know, at that, at that point in time, we were starting to get a lot more serious about our music and, and about what we wanted to do with it. Um, and I think lamb of God was just the kind of name that was going to be taken more seriously than burn the priest. I mean, burn the priest is, it, it's actually a pretty cool name for a band, but it can just be interpreted so many ways and taken so many ways. And, and we really didn't, we wanted to take the focus off of that and put the focus on the music and, and on the lyrics and, and on performances and just make it be about that and not make it be some sort of shocking, 
shocking kind of statement, you know, with the band name. Understood, man. And it, that's a tough thing because I know there's a lot of bands that, hey, we're going to name our band something brutal when they're like 20. And then when they hit like 28 or 30, they're like, ah, you know. Like I, I never talked to the Dying Fetus guys, but I wonder, I'm like, do you guys look back and be like, Dying Fetus? I don't know. <laughs> so Yeah, like, you know, Dying Fetus and, and Rotting, isn't there a band called, a band called Rotting Christ? Or something yeah, like Rotting Christ. That, that kind of stuff, you know. Seems seems like a good idea, like you said, when you're 19 or 20, and nothing against any of those bands. Not at all. Thing. It's just for 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 us, uh, you know, we we fortunately had the had the foresight to uh, to consider that we might that we might be doing this for a while, and that that we might you know want to have at least some kind of leeway or some kind of wiggle room to 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 do more things than just you know, be brutal and extreme and shocking or whatever. So, so we kind of, we kind of caught that and it was a growing pain. And like I said earlier, you know, it wound up being kind of cool because now we can go back and reference this and it reference that. And it is part of, it's, it's, it's part of our story and it's, it's part of the, the trajectory of this band. And it's, it's not something we're ashamed of. And obviously because we're kind of revisiting it now. Oh no. I, I love the fact that you guys did like the 20th, you know, kind of anniversary of, of the band. And then it's like the covers record to honor the bands that kind of influenced you guys. And you, you went with the burn the priest monk year on the, that's, that actually worked out really well. I thought that was awesome, you know? So, and that's a lot of ways a covers record is that you're honoring the bands that like made you want to pick up a guitar. Is that fair to say? Yeah. To, to, I mean, but collectively, yes. you know, that's one thing about, about this, this group of guys that, you know, that, that is land of God. And that was burn the priest. Our influences are so diverse, really, really very different. Um, so, you know, that was a, I, I don't want to say it's a challenge that makes it sound like it was difficult, but that was just part of the agenda was to making sure to include within some kind of parameter, like everybody's input on the, the bands that, that they were inspired by at that point in time. So, and it's still the case. I mean, I listen to, you know, primarily hip hop and classic rock and Chris is like, uh, you know, progressive metal guy, and you know, and Randy's like a punk rocker. You know what I mean? That's yeah. still the case. Like, so we we're all still all over the map. So when we put this together, we just had this kind of pretty massive list of song suggestions, and just started weaving through it. You know, as a group, and um, lots of long email chains about what songs we wanted to knock out and what songs we wanted to add and kind of stuff. So, but it, it turned out cool. I think it really represents not only you know who we who we were at the time but it also kind of reflects still that differentiation between us stylistically now and you you mentioned that you listen to to a lot of hip-hop these days would you ever cover a hip-hop song well i i don't know that 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 i would with this group of guys you know what i mean with with land with god because i just you know again everything we do has to reflect everybody and that's part of the challenge of us like writing songs or anything we do creatively for us, it's always been a success if the five of us can kind of endorse it. You know, if the five of us are on board with something, that's a really difficult place to reach, um, you know, for this, group, for this group of people. So once we hit that point, it's a success. However, you know, I've always said, and I, I always wonder if it comes off the wrong way, but we don't write music for our fans, and we don't write music in the hopes that it will get reviewed very well. We, we really genuinely write music so that the, that the five of us can agree is cool. And then we put it out there, and if and people seem to react to it, and that's a really that's a really special experience, and it's it's an honor to to have people like receive our music and be touched by it. But really, for us, the evaluation stops 
when the five of us agree it's cool because it's so hard to reach that point. So, you know, to answer your original question, you know, I, I would love to, you know, collaborate or be a part. And I have a little bit, not nothing that's really ever come out, but um, on some hip hop stuff. I mean, I really, I, I love rap music. I love the energy of it. I love the way it evolves as a genre really fast. Something that came out two years ago sounds dated now. It just moves that fast, and that's exciting to me. But I don't, I don't know that it necessarily has a place with with Lamb of God per se, other than being kind of a, an influence in some of the groove and some of the cadences and that kind of thing. Cool, man. Yeah. So, and and a lot of people say that like rap music is like kind of an evolution of punk rock. You know, like in a lot of ways, like the the energy and the style that punk rock happened when that movement happened was the same with rap. Do you agree with that at all or no? I do. I think it was like a, a real genuine kind of or, organic development as a genre, and I think it's just heavy. It has this kind of, um, I get the same feeling, you know, uh, I remember, I mean, I listen to a lot of modern stuff now, but I remember getting the same feeling from Public Enemy that I got from Slayer, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's that same kind of same kind of bounce, that same kind of groove, and, and that's really what I was looking for. So, um, yeah, it's always served, kind of held similar places for me. Cool, man. Yeah. And so, what, like you were mentioning, the collective group, and actually the way you said that you only make music for you guys, I think that's every band that matters. Because if you are trying to cater to an audience or cater to a group of people, you're not being genuine. And I don't think you can fake that, right? You have to be genuine. You have to have conviction as an, as a as a you know person that's putting something out there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have to be. I mean, there's probably, there's probably a lot of bands that sell more records and they're a lot more successful than my band that are, you know, use some other kind of formula to put, put their music together. Um, but for, for us, it, it really just has to come from, from, from personal experience and, and from somewhere internal. And then it's about getting the five of us on the same page conceptually and, and musically creatively with that. And then, like I said, once once it reaches that point, then then we're done, and whatever it does is what it's going to do. Man, excellent. That's the answer I like to hear. I like that because I think I just feel it, it makes sense to me in a lot of ways. Now, but what, as you were mentioning, like um, you know, as a collective, when you guys did bring these these tracks to the table for the new record, uh, Legion Twenty, was there any track that you guys or someone brought in that you guys were close to recording or did record and said, "Hey, it's not going to make the cut." There actually wasn't. Someone asked me that, like, last week in an interview. They're surprising because, I mean, usually when we do original material, there will so- there are songs that will get written and developed and, and go through pre-production and even sometimes go into recording, and, and they just, for whatever reason, they won't get their legs up all the way underneath of them, and um, something just doesn't 100% click, and it just doesn't quite make the cut. Um, with this project, actually... Um, it was the opposite. We wound up doing everything that we had intended to. And then some, we did, um, the, the ministry song, Jesus built my hot rod. Mm. That wasn't ever on the list. We, we really didn't, um, plan to do that. Um, the real story is that Josh and I finished up early one night in the studio and we were, we, we were ahead of schedule. So we had a choice whether to, you know, knock off and call it a night or to, open up something new and start tinkering with something and, you know, just use our time to see if we could come up with something else. And Josh suggested doing the ministry song and we kind of just cut a real quick little demo for it and it felt really good and we started fleshing it out and the other dudes got involved and it wound up being one of my favorites on the album. Just, I, I think, I don't, I don't know, you know, if the casual listen can hear it, but I hear this kind of spontaneity in it and um, it was just a lot of fun. Everyone, 
each band member and Josh made a little vocal vocal cameo in it, and we just we just had a blast doing it, and it and it and it made the album. I actually agree with you on on the ministry. So I had a question about that one because the way it was sequenced, it's it where it comes in is perfect, you know, with the record. And I felt the same the same way about uh, "Kill Yourself." I'm like perfect, like it it just kind of has it's it's like almost like a set list you guys put together. You know what I'm saying in the order that they would probably be performed. But the the ministry song is the one that kind of isn't in that punk or hardcore genre, though. It is kind of like, you know, in the industrial metal genre. So to have a story behind that one is interesting. So that was just a spontaneity kind of thing where you guys just kind of came up with it quickly? Yeah, I mean, you know, we spent some time on it once we decided we were going to do it. But in terms of, like, getting, you know, it it becoming a song we were working on, yeah, it just popped up. It literally... That morning we woke up, we weren't planning on doing a ministry song, and by midnight that night, it was like, wow, we, we got the basic tracks laid, you know? Yeah, cool, man. And so, but when, like, well, the most of the tracks are kind of in the uh, in the hardcore, you know, kind of punk kind of way, um, with a couple exceptions, obviously, but um, when, when covering punk or hardcore, the hardest thing to capture a lot of times is that energy that the song, original song has, the feel. Do you guys take that into consideration, or do you consider more or less, hey, we got to keep the tempo uh, together because it's a it is a record. I hope I hope this answer doesn't come off as sounding a little like full of myself. But we um, when when burn the priest kind of when, in the beginning of burn the priest and we really were a garage basement band. You know we we were playing you know abandoned warehouses and people's basements and playing at parties and din- and dingy like flop house living rooms kind of thing. So. So that that kind of punk, hardcore, aesthetic like lifestyle, it, it's it's pretty intrinsic for us. Like it, it's 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 definitely it's part of the DNA of this band. I mean, we've refined it over the years, and I, I I I'm not I don't think we're a punk band. We're we're definitely a metal band. I still think we're a thrash metal band, honestly. But um, that 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 sort of punk thing that that element is very very much a part of us, and so. To kind of open that box back up doesn't feel foreign at all. Nice man, yeah. So and and that your your guys' evolution as a band is uh, one of my favorites. Like one of my favorite stories. Like I said, you guys started as Burn the Priest. New American Gospel came out, produced by Steve Austin from Today Is the Day. Very underground, very you know um, original. Like it, it had all the elements. And then the rise with each record, there was a, an evolution. You know, um, a lot of bands, it takes three or four records before they can reach that evolution. What do you think about Lamb of God uh, worked so well for you guys to make the transition and kind of step record by record opposed to kind of being stuck in like a, I don't know how to say it, stuck in kind of like a uh, a similar route, you know, for like four or five. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, we're still striving. Like, I don't think we I don't think any of us feel like we've necessarily hit that nail on the head. You know, we're still really trying to attain this perhaps unreachable thing, you know, nice. the perfect combination of, of groove and heaviness and a little melody and, and, you know, uh, like meaningful lyrics and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's every song is an attempt at that. Um, and also, you know, with consideration of trying to get some, you know, not write the same song over and over again. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're still trying to achieve that goal, 
And I don't think I don't think we've ever been complacent or necessarily 100 percent satisfied. So that's what kind of keeps us moving forward and keeps it evolving. And now, um, was there any riffs on this record when you were trying to attempt that? Because every guitar player, you know, they got a certain style, they got a, a, a certain way to play things. Was there any riff that was just difficult for you on this record? No, I mean, not really. Yeah. No, <laughs> not it's, it's, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, not really. I mean, you know, I've been playing guitar for a long time. I mean, if we if we were doing some, you know, Yngwie Malmsteen or something like that, I probably wouldn't be able to do it. But you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's, I'm not trying to take away from any of these people we're covering. They're all incredibly talented players. But no, there was nothing. The, the, it wasn't that kind of project. It wasn't something where we were technically necessarily like, um, you know, out of our element or anything like that. It was it was more about doing the songs justice and and um, you know finding that balance of making them our own, but also honoring the original songs. Um, that's not to say there's not some really amazing, technically you know proficient stuff on there. I mean, the Bad Brains are just just legends, and and some of those riffs are just you know timeless and classic, and and um, you know, the Melvins, I, lo- I love the Melvins. I love, you know, they've always been a big influence. Awesome sort of blend of that sort of grimy kind of punk feel, but also super, you know, heaviness that, that is in a lot of ways metal. So, you know, there's, it, you know, the songs are on there because we love them. But no, from a, from a playing perspective, again, I hope it don't sound like a, like a douchebag. But um, no, there was nothing that was like, how are we going to play this? It was more like, how are we going to, you know, let's make sure we do this right and make it, you know, honor the song. Cool, man. And now I recently did talk to Dez um, from Devil Driver about the Outlaw Country record, which you, you did perform on. But I did stump him on a question here. So I'm going to ask you the same question here. Uh, what is your favorite covers album of all time? My favorite covers album? <laughs> I don't know that I have one. I'm not sure I have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to just name. I'm, I'm actually just trying to name one. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one, right? I asked. I asked him the same thing, and he's like, "Dude, I have no idea." Because I have one. I actually have a favorite uh, covers record. It's and it's it's not by a metal is band. It the, didn't they do the the Carpenters? There was one they did a, a long time ago where they every bunch of people covered Carpenters songs. And I remember um, Sonic Youth covered the Carpenter song really well, but I mean I, I don't know I just, I just like Sonic Youth. I don't I don't think I have a, a, a favorite covers album. What's yours? Mine is actually my, my favorite metal one is that they did a tribute to the Melvins years ago, and Mastodon was on there okay. and like made out of babies. That one I listened to probably the most, but my favorite is from a band called Local H. Do you know who they are? They're not uh-huh. they're not a metal band, and yeah they they did this awesome mixtape volume one and two, and. It's just like you know a guitar and a drum, but everything they did was just so unique, and I listen to it like all the time. So that's probably my favorite because uh, it just cool. um, yeah. I, I I saw Local H play in a um, I, I spent about two years living in Chicago when I was going to grad school, and Local H was from from yeah. sort of the metro Chicago area, and um, I saw them play in a Seven Eleven parking lot on Halstead Street in Chicago. Nice, dude. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. I actually got to interview them on the show, luckily, because they got to they won that Metallica concert last year, and uh, to open for Metallica, they did, they did what? They won the they won this uh, con- uh, this contest to open for Metallica on the Arena Tour like last year. Local H won a contest to open for Metallica. Swear to God, yeah. So they were with it was like wow, the Metallica Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, I forget who else was there. Oh, Volbeat, and then Local H was opening. So, so and and they got they got that gig by winning a contest, winning a uh, Hit the Lights uh, local band contest, 
And I know people wow. were clamoring because they're like, hey, they're not a local band, but they're a DIY band. So to me, I was like, hey, I, I give them credit, but they actually won the contest. And um, so I actually got to talk to him because there's there's no reason for the Metal Sucks podcast to talk to local H. <laughs> so, so I found a way, right. and I got to talk to him. But yeah, dude, yeah, you did, yeah, you made that, you made that happen. Yeah. And it was a it was a really cool moment for me. But yeah, dude, love that band. But their covers record really good, um, awesome. And uh, like I, I really love the Slayer one too. Um, I love this one that you guys have, you know. So I got I got to stick with it a little more. Um, but because you know how it is, original music sometimes is always going to trump, you know, a covers album in a lot of ways with people, you know? So it's harder to... Well, and that's that's the thing, too, a lot of times with covers. That's that's one of the reasons we wanted to, you know, for the most part, stay away from metal and thrash metal and death metal and stuff because it's kind of what we already do. And a, a lot of the songs we would cover would be the classics that, you know, you're not going to beat it, you know? So we, we thought that, it, it, you know, at least take the angle of doing something that's, uh, you know, slightly out of our lane or at least what people are used to hearing us do lately so that it's not, you know, you're not just trying to match some great metal song. Uh, it's like a metal band playing another metal band's metal song, you know? And so a hundred percent. Yeah. That was sort of the approach. And that works though. Like, like when, uh, I know like Hapery did one a couple years back called for the lines. And when he was doing the thrash songs is a lot more engaging than like, a hardcore like if you hear death angel cover metallica it's cool but it, it it's very similar you know what i'm saying because it's yeah the, like yeah. I, i'd rather i'd rather hear faith more faith and more cover the commodores there you know? we go there we go there's a bucket list interview for me mike Patton. i gotta talk to that guy one day <laughs> <laughs> i got like four guys that I'll, i don't know if i'll ever talk to but uh mike Patton, greg graffin from bad religion henry rollins there, there's a couple more um mark morton's checked off the list what so <laughs> now, now, now you guys are about to embark on the final Slayer tour. Uh, and this package, dude, it's, it's in essence, it's five headliners. It's, it's amazing. And most of the dates on the first leg are, are sold out. So going into a tour like this, that's already a success. Does that take a lot of stress off you guys? I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's exciting. It makes it exciting to know that, that, the, you know, there's a lot of people interested in buying tickets and going to be there. Um, I mean, frankly, from a business perspective, it's a Slayer tour, so this stress isn't on me. I just get to open for Slayer. <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe if it was my tour, I would I would feel a little more that impact. But, I mean, I, it's it's awesome to be out with Slayer, to be asked out again. We've worked with them so much, and for, for them to include us on, on, you know, what I guess is going to be kind of a farewell tour for them, um, for them to include us on that, is it's really an honor. And... They've been really, really good to us over the years in terms of taking us out and introducing us to new markets in certain times of our career and that kind of thing. So um, we're just stoked to be involved and stoked to go go around with them one more time, you know. Definitely, man. And you guys, you guys, there's two legs, so it's the entire summer. I'm in Las Vegas, so I, I don't, you guys, there's no Slayer tour for me here. But I saw you guys last summer, and uh, and that was amazing with, with Behemoth and, and Slayer. And then on that night, I don't know if you know this, but I Hate God was playing up the street. So right after the show, I got to go see I Hate God at like a dive bar. It was great. You know, so it was... It was I actually do remember that because I think Randy, Randy blew out right after our set and went down there too yeah and everybody told me he was there i didn't see him isn't that crazy i know he was there because mm -hmm. everybody's like no randy was there and i was like in the front and so you know i'm assuming he was probably yeah i'm surprised he didn't i'm surprised he didn't actually jump up with them because uh 
Randy and I are, uh, Randy's really good friends with all those guys, and I'm friendly with a couple of those guys, too. Um, I didn't make it to the show, but yeah, I do, I do actually remember him jetting out to go catch them. Yeah, dude. That, and that's so, just that right there is so cool, man. Yeah. So, and he actually promoted it at, the, you know, I knew they were playing because he said it on stage. He said, he's like, hey, I hate guys playing up the street. And I looked, like, looked it up on my phone real quick. I'm like, crap, because I didn't even know. And so, um, it was, I mean, yeah, man, burn the, burn the priest open for, I hate God in like 97. I mean, we, we've known those guys forever. I mean, we came from that same circuit, you know, today's the day and soil and green and I hate God and neurosis and all that stuff. I mean, that's really, that's really the, the soil we grew out of, you know, definitely man. And that's, what's so awesome though, is that like you guys grew out of like, like you said, that soil and became what you are today, you know? And, um, cause I don't know when you were there in 97, if you had the thoughts to be like, Hey, we can reach this level, you know, um, wasn't even a consideration. Yeah. Wasn't even, wasn't, wasn't a goal. Wasn't an aspiration. Wasn't even a thought. It would have been laughable to think that we'd be, you know, playing in countries all over the world and on tour buses and flying around and on a major label and, and just kind of had just the commercial success we had. I mean, it wasn't inconceivable that we would still be a band and still be working together creatively, but to have the kind of success we've had, I guess on the, the mainstream or commercial level is just, it wasn't even a thought. It wasn't even an idea. And, and that's what makes it just so awesome, man. Is cause like, that's, that's what people, people don't know. Like the dreams, sometimes the dream be, just becomes, you know, without the thought process. And so one thing that you did mention though, is that, like you said, this is Slayer's final tour, farewell tour as, as we, we discussed. And, and they, they were 37 years. So about 40 years as a band, you guys are at your 20 year mark. Do you got another 20 years in you? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, I, like, I, like I was just saying, I, I didn't expect to be here. Um, so it's just kind of, you have to let the map take you where it's going to take you, I guess, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm pretty focused these days on just being mindful and staying in the moment and staying in the present. And I'm just, I'm really excited about what we're doing right now and, uh, going to, going to go with that and we'll, we'll see what unfolds from there. That's always worked for you guys. So that's, that's, that's probably the best thing. But, uh, and like I said, back to the Slayer tour real, real fast is like to be on, if this truly is their farewell tour and a lot of people feel it might be, you know, um, if it truly is to be on that tour. And, and you, I'm assuming you grew up and Slayer was a very, very important band to you um, and all that stuff. Absolutely. To, to, 100%. To, yeah, I can only imagine. Because they, they are the metal band. Like, when like when, when you're talking to like most metalheads, like Slayer, yes, that's the band you have to get into first. Um, they I mean, are the iconic extreme metal band. Exactly. You know? I mean, there are bigger metal bands. Metallica is a heavy metal band, and they're the biggest heavy metal band in the world. But when you talk about extreme metal, um, Slayer is, is the icon. So when you guys got the phone call, just finished up a fantastic tour last summer with them. When you got the phone call, hey, let's come back out with a farewell tour. Um, how excited were you? Uh, I mean, honestly, what really put it in perspective was that it was the farewell tour. And for them to include us and to have us be direct support for them, it just, it just felt, uh, I, I don't know the word for it. I mean, it, it, just, it just felt like an honor. You know, it, was just, it felt like... Um, for for them to give us a spot is just it's just a, it's just an honor you know it's beyond flattering it's more of an honor for them to you know take us along and want us to be there and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's awesome it's it's as cool as it, it's as cool as it can be for us 
Definitely. And you guys definitely earned the spot without question. In a lot of ways, a lot of people see it as the passing of a torch. Because when bands like Slayer retire, when bands like, you know, all these arena level bands go, someone's got to take that spot, you know, and you guys earn that in a lot of ways with fans, with, with the, the content you put out there, with your live show, with all the years of hard work. Um, and I know I just put a, like a lot of pressure on you there. Sorry about that. But, <laughs> the, but no, I mean, cause it's not, it's, you know, it's back to what we we're talking about. I mean, really for us, it's just about trying to be as honest and as genuine as we can creatively. The fact that people respond to it the way they have thus far, um, hopefully they will continue to. It's again, it's it's the same honor to be able to reach people, um, to be able to touch people's lives. I mean, you know, I'm in contact with fans enough, and I meet people, and they t- they tell me their stories, and they tell they tell us all, you know, what our songs mean to them or what place they held in their lives. And and again, for us, it stops when we write the write and record the songs, and it means something to us, and we just kind of throw it out into the world. But to get that kind of feedback from people and say, well this song helped me through this hard time or this lyric I really identified with because I went through this and you guys are my favorite band because of this. And I've listened to you for 10 or 15 years. And, and that stuff is, is, um, it, it just never, never, never stops dropping my jaw. It's just, it's such an honor to be a part of that. It's so much bigger than me or than the five of us or, you know, and even maybe even than the songs, it's, goes out into the world and it becomes part of people's lives and to be just the small part of that that i am is just it's really an honor man it's, it's something that I, I don't take forever take for granted last question mark before i get you off the phone um you like we just mentioned uh you did feature a song on that devil driver record the outlaw country album that's coming out in july um what was the difference between you know covering a country song opposed to like the punk or hardcore stuff <laughs> So yeah, so on the Devil Driver thing, I I really just did a guitar solo, and oh, it was um, yeah, I didn't I didn't I just did the solo, I did a lead, um, but it was a, it was actually a challenge. It's funny because Des and I were going back and forth about it. I was like, man, I'm, I, you know, he called me and asked me to do it. I was like, of course, anything. You know, Des is a really good friend of mine. Um, I was like, yeah, I got you, man. Thanks for thanks for the call, and I recorded it, and but but it was over this like really fast blast beat, which normally. When I'm working with Lamb, I'll structure my leads where it's under some kind of like a cut time or a groove or something so I can, because I'm kind of a bluesy player, so I'll usually put something underneath of my lead that's got more of like a kind of groove, kind of cut thing to it. Um, and with the Dez thing, it was like really on top and really really sort of fast and high energy. So it was, it was, a, it was actually a really fun challenge for me to figure out how to, how to play a lead over that because it was out of my comfort zone, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And he was like, "You want to change it?" I was like, "No, uh-uh, I don't. I don't want you to change anything. I want to like kind of, I want to try and step up and 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 you know, play for the bit." So yeah, that was fun. Awesome. Dez is a really good friend. All those guys are. So um, it was just cool. Cool to be included in that as well. Yeah, dude. I am. Uh, I dude. I great talk with him. He was. He's just the nicest guy, man. So and then uh, and I'm he's I'm excited finished. about. Yeah that record as well dude so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good summer for sure but it's gonna be a great summer for burn the priest uh guy well lamb of god sorry <laughs> so it's gonna be a great summer yeah i guess we're i guess we're back to i guess we're back to lamb of god we're gonna be we're gonna be covering some burn the priest covers <laughs> there we go so with that guys everybody make sure you pick up burn the priest legend 20 may 18th i've been listening to it for the last few days man it's a great great covers record you guys definitely got to check it out every song um, I know I knew eight out of ten of them, so it was really cool for me, you know. Um, and then uh, make sure I'm sure everybody knows 
catch them on tour. Two legs, guys. Check tour dates, but it's starting May 10th. It's going all the way to the end of August. Um, it's going to be a great summer for you guys. And uh, any any um, any news on a new you know original Lamb of God record? Anything on that? Nothing to report, um, except to say that there's, you know, Willie and I are always writing, and I know that there, there, I know the fact that there are new ideas bouncing around. Uh, I have some, and I know he has some. We don't really have any, anything, right now we're still in tour mode. Yeah. But, um, I, I can report that, that there are, that there are the, just the, the very initial beginnings of some new Land of God stuff coming together, but, Nothing to announce, nothing official. Excellent, man. So with that, dude, Mark, I want to thank you so much, dude, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, thanks for your time. Thanks for your thoughtful questions, man. I appreciate it. Nice to talk to you.
Seattle Sucks podcast. Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest. Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. And for special discounts, use the promo code PCJabberJaw. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com. And we are back, guys. First song you heard is off Legions 20, which is coming out May 18th by Burn the Priest. That song is called Inherit the Earth. Second song you heard, Dead Cross. One of my favorite uh, albums of last year. One of our favorite albums of last year. Uh, They just released out a uh, secret EP. That is a track off that EP. That one is called My Perfect Prisoner. And with that, uh, that is everything this week, guys. Anything more uh, controversial or crazy you want to throw in there real quick? Look, guys, don't ever... Fuck all the Muppets you want. Yeah, I was about to say, don't bring a bear to your parents' house, all right? (laughs) They will not appreciate that. (laughs) 
They will frown upon that. <laughs> and you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have an uphill battle to get back in the family. That's all I'm saying, right? Brandon's advice. <laughs> oh, that should be I like a bit. It. I like that it. That should be a bit. I like Unfortunately, it. Unfortunately. Because all of your advice is bad. Yeah. all the Most of my advice is going to be like, you know what? You should probably kill yourself. Hey, Brandon's advice. <laughs> Brandon's <laughs> advice. See you guys next week. <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.